Welcome to Behind the Business Podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing episodes that take you behind the scenes of industry-leading creative small businesses. We'll talk about real life, messy behind the scenes of running a successful creative business in today's world, and hopefully help you combat the perception of perfection within our industry. I hope each episode encourages you to keep showing up imperfectly within your own business and make your own unique impact on this world. Grab a cup of coffee or wine and let's get right to it. Cheers. Today, I have Laylee on the podcast. Laylee, I'm so excited to have you on. Could you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to be a part of this. Um, I always love getting to chat with you. Um, I'm Laylee. I'm really, really excited to be here. I am a business coach for creative educators. So um, essentially what I do is I help people who are in the creative industry step into education and leadership um, with confidence and with the ability to really help impact other lives. So that's really exciting. I also do photography um, and I also have a mastermind and a retreat. I do a little bit of a lot of things. I'm a very multi-passionate entrepreneur, but almost everything I do revolves around creative entrepreneurs and helping them thrive. Um, And so it's just, that's my passion. That's what I'm all about. Yeah. You do so many things, but you're, you do them so, so well. And something that I've always admired about you. And I love that you've kind of been a voice in the industry about like one, taking education very seriously um, when you do step into that role. But also I think recently I've heard you share on stage at Creative at Heart about diversity and and inclusion. Um, And I felt like that's been something that wasn't talked about as much in the creative industry before, but is something that is so, so important. Um, So can you share a little bit of what it's been like to come from like a different background than very much of the creative wedding industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been it's been an interesting road for sure. When I started mm-hmm. uh, in the wedding industry specifically, uh, that was probably like a couple of years into my photography journey. So that would have been, gosh, like seven years ago now. Um, I've been in business for about nine, for a little bit over nine years. And it was really, it, it was an interesting road for sure, because there weren't a lot of people who were educators or speakers or like Mm -hmm. the quote unquote big names who came from more diverse backgrounds. And and to clarify there, there are of course leaders in uh, who have more diversity and who have, you know, different backgrounds than the ones I'm talking about, but I'm specifically Mm -hmm. talking about kind of the bubble of, um, of photographers that I was following. And so I would go to conferences within this community and I really only saw one type of person. And when I say one type of person, I mean, um, not only like their ethnic backgrounds, but also their ideologies and also their upbringing sounded very similar. Their ages were really similar. They were younger than me. They were, you know, they all kind of had the same everything and it was nothing like what I I'm, I'm coming from. So that was really, mm-hmm. I think, really difficult at the time because it's just hard when you don't see someone like you at the quote unquote at the top, you know, you kind of start getting in your head about, um, you know, is this only made for people who can claim X, Y, and Z, or is there really room for me as well? Um, and so that is, that's kind of where that passion started in terms of the wedding industry and making sure that I was being vocal about it. Um, because at the time I didn't really want to rock the boat 
but you know, looking at back at it now, I'm like, I wish I had voiced some of this sooner. And so a couple of years after going to those first few conferences and getting, you know, my foot in the door, I started thinking, okay, well, it's about time for somebody else to kind of step in and try to take the stage and try to share from a different perspective and upbringing, all of these things. And so, um, that's kind of how I started sharing about it. And that's why I'm, I was super passionate about it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how it was when I first stepped in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been very inspiring to see because I definitely started a couple of years after you did, but I felt the same exact way when I first started, just because of the people that I was following along with and like the educators that I was looking up to. And it took some while for me to even realize that that was the case. Um, But you're, you're so right. It's harder to see yourself like at a certain level, but if there's not a person who's just like you kind of in that role. Um, And it's something that I've like, kind of like felt for a while, but it wasn't something that I felt comfortable, like sharing even just because of like feeling like the odd one out but hearing you talk about that especially kind of like on stage I was like yes like this needs to be said I feel like more of us need to feel more comfortable sharing that we do come from a different perspective and a different background and that there is still room for us at the table so that's something that I am still working on like sharing that part of my story as well so I just wanted to thank you for kind of being that voice in the industry, because I know it it can't be easy, especially if like, you're the sweetest person. I know you don't want to offend anyone. um, But you do a really, really good job of like doing it in a graceful and compassionate way and being like, my story is equally as valid and just sharing it in a way that I think people who have different perspectives can kind of like, think about and almost like accept as well. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, it's a hard balance. And I think that a lot of people who speak on diversity alongside me, we have had really great conversations, um, about finding that balance because it is something that can be really hot topic. I mean, a hot button topic, like where people get very up in arms. Um, it's, it's definitely a topic that people are quick to get defensive about. And, and Mm -hmm. my whole approach to this entire conversation, I think is, is fairly unique. Um, at least, at least among my peers who I have really good conversations with, because while we are really passionate, I've also been brought up to kind of think about the, you know, the background behind people's actions and the background behind people's thought processes. Mm. And so because of that, I think, um, I try really hard to at least in the beginning, give people, you know, the benefit of the doubt and Mm -hmm. also to just kind of come at things from an approach of just because I'm sharing. And I said this at creative, I think, you know, I'm up on stage talking about this, but my story of being, you know, a first generation immigrant and, you know, having these cultural differences and having these different experiences, that's not the focus of the talk. The focus is that we all have our insecurities, we all have differences that are, that could hold us back if we let them. Mm -hmm. And so I think in that way, you're kind of achieving two things. One is that like, you're allowing people's defenses to come down because you're validating and acknowledging that just because they may have a similar upbringing to a majority doesn't mean that they can't be understanding of a minority's standpoint. So that's the first thing you accomplish. And the second thing you accomplish is that you hopefully, at least this is my hope, is that you get those people thinking about 
okay, well, if I can relate to this person on stage who is completely different than me, maybe, maybe it's worth rethinking some of my standpoints that have just been ingrained in me from childhood, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I totally agree. And I think it's helpful for people to be like, this is like her story, but it's also inviting me to look at something that I have thought my entire life and see, okay, is there a way that I can think about this a little bit differently? Or like, just even like any insecurity within your personal life, that's kind of influencing how you're showing up in business. And like, can I work to kind of reframe this? Um, So I actually wanted to ask you about perfection specifically. Um, And if you've had to like, overcome this within your own journey um, as you've been growing your business over the last nine years? Oh yeah. Perfectionism, I think is something that holds a lot of us back who are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at least I, I feel like a lot of people out there who are creative entrepreneurs, who are photographers, we kind of come into things with um, a lot of us are like Enneagram threes, right? We're like achievers. Mm-hmm. We really want to be like, putting the, our best foot forward and making sure that everything is perfect before we take any steps. And that can really hold us back. And I know that it's held me back in the past. And so, um, I definitely, definitely have run into, um, having that like roadblock of being an overly perfectionist kind of person. I think it was a few years ago, maybe in the creation of my first course where I realized like me waiting until things that are until things are perfect to put them out there is not doing anyone any good. It's not getting content into the hands of the people who need that content. Mm -hmm. And it's not allowing me to grow because the only way that we can grow is by putting things out, seeing how they can be better and then taking the steps to make them better. Nobody comes off, you know, their first try of doing something perfectly. Like I'm sure if I went back and listened to my first few podcast episodes from, you know, like two and a half years ago, they would probably be awful. I mean, I'm not going to probably listen to them, but (laughs) you know, now two and a half years later, I'm sure that I'm doing things a lot better than they were back then. So yeah, I've definitely run into that a lot. I think it's a very relatable topic. Yeah. What is one piece of encouragement that you would give to somebody who's kind of like struggling with it right now? Like maybe is what is one thing that they can kind of keep in mind the next time they find themselves trying to perfect something before they put it out there? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest encouragement I can give anybody in that situation is just to kind of take a look around them and realize that like nobody is doing anything perfectly. I think that mm-hmm. perfect is, is an unattainable um, kind of standard to hold yourself to. I think by waiting for something to be perfect, you'll probably be waiting forever. So I would just say, just start, just start mm-hmm. and do the very best that you can and let that be enough. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sure that somebody's going to walk away and be like, this is exactly what I needed to hear to kind of just like take that next step forward that maybe they've been hesitant about. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you about the behind the scenes of LEP and what do you have going on behind the scenes this year? Are you excited for any projects coming up or anything like that? Yeah. So it's a weird year. I'm not going to lie. Um, it is definitely a little bit, I, I feel like every year I say this, but um, you know, I'm getting deeper and deeper into like the transition of scaling back on certain things to allow for more room for other things. So, mm-hmm. you know, I launched a resource shop last year mm-hmm. and it was amazing. And I was really, really happy with, um, the response to it. And, and mm-hmm. while that is very exciting, anytime something goes well, 
that ends up taking up more time than you likely thought it would, yeah. uh, which means that if you are, you know, if you're the face of your business, you've got to scale back on things. So um, I have uh, cut back on photography availability right now. I, I mean, I really only shoot brands and um, the occasional senior because I just love working with that age group. But, you know, I did away with I guess it was two years ago that I stopped my spokesmodel program for my senior high schoolers and, um, and then switched into primarily brands. And this year I'm scaling back even further. Um, so that's kind of the behind the real behind the scenes is mm-hmm. making room for, um, creating more resources, my online shop, and just, you know, continuing to serve my students and my clients inside the creative educator Academy. We've got some really exciting, um, upgrades and updates coming to that, which I'm, I'm pretty pumped about. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of the behind the scenes is a little bit quieter in some ways because it's mostly just me and my team, like working at our computers, <laughs> but, but that's, that's what's going on behind the scenes is just lots of hard work and a little bit less of the, uh, what I like to call like the fun hands-on face-to-face kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's super fun and exciting to hear. And it's something that you said kind of at the beginning was how you're kind of like pulling back from like your photography sessions. So you're like making the space and the time to kind of be able to put that energy into something new or like just like refining and like elevating the shop and your courses. Um, and I know you because you are incredible with time management and you've always been such a person that I like look up to with the way that you manage your time. Because like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you do a lot of things, but you do them really, really well. So I wanted to hear a little bit of just like, how do you go about planning how much time you're putting into like the different parts of your business so that you're able to do everything, but maybe not all at once, or like you're dedicating your time strictly to different facets of your business. Yeah, that is, I mean, that's, that's the key question, right? Like that's like a million dollar question. Um, It is hard. It's one of those things. I always like to talk about time management when I teach on it. Like I, I always like to preface it by saying that it's not ever something ever that anyone will be able to like set and forget. Like Mm. anyone who tells you that if they're a time management coach or a productivity coach, like that's a red flag for me. Like there's just no way it's going to be an ongoing process forever. Mm. So um, I say that and it might sound daunting, but I want it to sound encouraging that like, it's okay if it's not going well, because guess what? Like it's ongoing. So let's Mm. switch gears. Uh, For me, I do a lot of things. I appreciate your kind words saying that I do them all well, but I love to tell my students that you can do anything and everything that you want, but you cannot do them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's kind of a priorities game. Like I have lists on lists of things I want to do that I've never done. Like I have long-term lists and that, that list lives over here. Mm -hmm. And then I've got a list of the things that I have to do or that are priority or that I'm working on doing. And from there, I kind of gauge like, okay, what is this going to actually take? And what do I have to give? I will also say that's changed so much year to year in my business seven, eight, nine years ago, I could work myself into the ground. Like I could work till one in the morning and be totally fine. Mm-hmm. I can't do that anymore. Like I don't yeah. have that in me. Don't anymore. have the energy. Yeah. Oh girl, your girl is tired. I'm getting <laughs> old. 
I need more balance. Um, <laughs> I need work-life balance. That's what I need. Yeah. And that's what I take. And so that takes away my time too. And so just really being aware, really being aware of like, where's your time going? What time is needed? And what do you have the ability to give well, I think is the, the best starting point for structuring, like how much is going to go where, if that makes sense. That makes sense. I have a more like tactical question for you. Do you track your time or do you kind of just like overall are like, okay, like, I think this is how much time it gave to like these different things throughout the week. So I, the only time I track my time is when I'm trying to decide on like some kind of schedule shift. So like, let's say, um, the way that I've always run my business, and this has actually kind of fallen apart recently, because as I mentioned, it's definitely ongoing, but the way I've always done things is that I've had like, you know, theme days. So for nine years, I've had the exact same theme day. Every Monday is my marketing Monday. And it's when mm-hmm. I create my marketing stuff. I'm slacking on it right now, you know, but that's, okay. that's what it is. Yeah. But let's mm-hmm. say I wanted to batch TikTok videos. I have no idea how long that takes right now because I don't I don't batch those right now. So right. that's when I would time track is when I'm doing something new or doing something that's changed that I'm not sure how long it takes. But if I'm doing photography and I have to edit a gallery, a portrait gallery, or I even have to edit the previews and send it to my editor, I know exactly how long that takes. So I don't need to track it. So I do I do believe in time tracking up to the point where you're then aware of like how long that thing takes. That makes sense. I've gone through periods where I did super religiously and then I stopped. I recently just started again, just because I was looking at what things that I wanted to outsource. Um, So it was like, I want to know if it's worth just like the amount of time that I'm taking on, or if I could like free up this time for like newer projects that I have um, that I'm really excited about. And for me, I've noticed that it helps me focus a lot better when I like really need to get things done. But I'm always curious as to how people kind of like decide how to manage their time and in different like seasons of their business, because I can totally relate. Like when I first started my photography business, I was working all the time and it was definitely not healthy. And I think it helped with like forward momentum, but at a certain point, like I definitely hit burnout. And then it was like, like months of just like not being able to like show up and be as productive as I was beforehand. So um, I love your advice of kind of just like reevaluating your time and like what your schedule looks like as you go, because it's so true. I haven't been in business too long, but every single year has looked completely different um, of like just how I'm managing my time, what I want to give like my time and energy to within the business. Um, so I love that. I know that was a little bit of a tangent. Um, no, I, lo- but, I love it. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. I feel like that's a very like behind the scenes question that people also have. So I wanted to thank you for like sharing and like being honest about what that looks like, even in this season, if you're like, it's kind of falling apart right now, but it's okay. Cause you're going to like re put it back together and it's going to work for the season. So that's yeah. super awesome. Um, I wanted to ask, because again, like another behind the scenes type of question, this is a really hard one for some people, but what is one thing that people might not know about your business? Oh gosh, that is hard. That, I know. Really hard. I feel like there's a lot that people don't know about, about my business. And just, I think a lot that we don't know about each other's businesses. Um, mm-hmm. I think one thing people might not know about my business right now is that I take off probably the, like 
well, maybe not right now, but let's say like a month ago, um, I was Mm -hmm. taking off more time than I was working. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something people don't notice because, you know, my social media is still running. I'm still working with and serving clients. Um, I'm still paying my team and I'm Mm -hmm. still a profitable business, but I'm able to kind of pull back and like take breaks when needed. So right now I'm back into full force and I am definitely, I'm working kind of long days. Um, but you know, a month ago, I, I think I might've worked like a week and a half total out of that full month and, and everything was still great. So I think, I think that's something that people don't really know about each other's businesses in general is like, what is everyone doing like during the days? And, Mm -hmm. and I try to be transparent about it, but, um, like, it's not something I ever hide, but I just think that's something that nobody can ever know unless you're like a part of the team, you Mm -hmm. know, behind the scenes. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. I always assume that everyone else is working. And I think I like expect that of myself a lot of times. And like, even over the last year, like I was gone and traveling for like half of November. And then I was home for, I think like a week. And then I was like gone and traveling and slash it was like the holidays and stuff for like another two weeks. And I'm pretty sure like with traveling, like all of July, like I wasn't working very much like in my business, but like people might not have been able to realize that. And so it's, it's always interesting to see like what work and like the amount of hours that you put in looks like versus maybe the person next to you. And I, I don't think it's fair to compare. Cause like we all have like such like different like months and like things going on in our personal lives. And like, I hope that that's encouraging to somebody who like maybe like needs a break and like really like wants to take some time away, but feels like they can't. I just, I want to encourage you that like, when you do the scary thing and like you step away for like a week at a time, you come back and you realize that like things are still there. Like your business isn't going to fail because like you (laughs) took time away for like a week. It feels like that sometimes because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, but I love that you shared that because I feel like we can't in the mindset of like, we have to constantly be working in order to like have, or like run a successful business. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it can totally be scary. And I get that. Like, I, I think back to, you know, a few years ago, and I, I could have never done that just from a mindset standpoint. Like I just, it was, it was terrifying to me and I was like a control freak. So it's nice to have that balance now, but yeah, I I love what you said about, you really can't compare to the person next to you because we are all in very unique spots, even if we're on the same path, like It could look Mm -hmm. so different person to person and business to business. Yeah, I love that. Well, Laylee, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Where can people find you all online if they want to follow along? You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so much fun. Um, You can find me on my website. It's just LayleeAmati.com or over on Instagram, um, Laylee underscore Amati. And I love chatting all the time. So I'm an open book here for you. All right. Thanks guys. Um, and I will catch everybody in the next episode. Thanks, Manali. If you're loving this episode, I would love for you to swipe a page or two out of my free resources library. I have a free class all on the systems you need to quickly grow your photography business. I cover three key systems that you need in place to be able to grow your business and triple your wedding bookings and go full time in less than one year. I also have another quick little freebie just for you. 
I am letting you swipe my booked wedding client questionnaire. If you're loving this episode, I would love for you to swipe a page or two out of my free resources library. I have a free class all on the systems you need to quickly grow your photography business. I cover three key systems that you need in place to be able to grow your business and triple your wedding bookings and go full time in less than one year. I also have another quick little freebie just for you. I am letting you swipe my booked wedding client questionnaire. Um, Whenever I have a wedding client book, I always do a little happy dance and then personalize their client experience with this questionnaire. It gets me all of the details that I need right up front, right when they book, and it sets me up not only to figure out what sets me apart from other people in the market, um, figure out more details about them and personalize their wedding experience, and help start planning out their engagement session and more. Be sure to go to manaliphotography.com or see the show notes to grab either one of these two freebies, and I can't wait to see how it helps you grow your business. Whenever I have a wedding client book, I always do a little happy dance and then personalize their client experience with this questionnaire. It gets me all of the details that I need right up front, right when they book, and it sets me up not only to figure out what sets me apart from other people in the market, figure out more details about them and personalize their wedding experience, and help start planning out their engagement session and more. Be sure to go to manaliphotography.com or see the show notes to grab either one of these two freebies and I can't wait to see how it helps you grow your business.